2: Hi there. Welcome to episode 275 of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, a registered dietitian and a partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you are here. And I am wondering what you think about the new parts of the show, the name, the colors, the picture, even the new segments. We are just super curious what you think Give us feedback at info at Anything that you want to say, we are listening. And if you're new to the show, well, welcome. I'm so glad you found us. And this is a show that helps people maybe just like you with a complicated relationship with food, to find a new way to live without dieting, without relying on maybe your eating disorder. And here we also believe, or I'm hoping you're coming along with this, that diet culture, it hurts all of us and it hurts some people more than others. And part of what I'm hoping can happen by adding more voices to the podcast is helping more people to connect with that truth. And we have a new segment called Real Life. You heard the first one in episode 273 with Yelly Cruz. And if you haven't listened to it yet, go back when you can. And what happens in these shows includes um, someone writing a letter like we always have after the last 270 plus episodes, uh, submitting a letter to food, to diet culture, to healthcare, to body, to movement, to anything really. And instead of me reading the letter, the person who wrote it reads it and then joins in on a call with me where we sift through it together. And what I want to do, instead of just having experts, which we're still going to have on sometimes, and instead of just me going on and on about what I always go on and on with, I want you also to listen to other people in the same space. That's the whole intention with me doing a podcast is I don't want you to feel alone because you're not. Like more people than you can ever imagine are exactly where you are with your relationship with food. So today's episode is one of those real life episodes. And after you listen to it, if you're like, hmm, I think I maybe want to do that. Listen to the end where we share the way for you to submit your own episode. And I just... I look forward to hearing your letter and talking to you about your complicated relationship with food. But like I said, this is a real life episode and it features Colleen Brumner. So Colleen is someone just like Yelly who has been working with me for the last six months or so, or six months or so. And um, she is amazing. She is like so good at hyping one up. So anytime you interact with her, you will leave the conversation just feeling so much more better about yourself. And also Colleen has a lived experience that she is wanting to share with you. But before we get to Colleen's letter, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast is brought to you by PCOS Power. PCOS Power is the new course that I've been working on for about a year now to help you to feel more power living with PCOS. You may have known the PCOS and Food Peace course that I've had since 2017, and while I wanted to update it. And I have learned a lot. Just like I've learned a lot during the show, I've also learned a lot about PCOS and ways to navigate the system that I wanna share with you. It is coming out March 1st. And if you wanna hear more or be the first to know, I would say get on the wait list. Getting on the wait list allows you to be the first to know the details and when the the course is open to be purchased. To get on the wait list, go to juliedillonrd.com and download my PCOS roadmap. That PCOS roadmap is the first three steps that I encourage anyone with PCOS to do, to move away from dieting, to help promote recovery with your eating disorder, um, all while also like recovering some sort of health that is important to you as you're navigating living with PCOS. So before I got ready to launch this new PCOS Power, I had some people go through it to give me feedback because um, I don't live with PCOS. I don't know what it's like. So I wanted other people to experience it and again, give me feedback on how I can make it better. And this is what one participant said. Because I know so much more about PCOS and its effects on the body, I feel so empowered. I have a much better understanding on what exactly is happening in my body and what steps I need to take for treatment. I feel incredibly validated by all the new information I learned in the PCOS Power Program. I was slash am having symptoms like anxiety, fatigue, mood swings, rarely feeling satisfied after eating, and inability to engage in movement. I didn't even realize these symptoms were connected to PCOS. I've always had issues with anxiety and take medication as a treatment. However, realizing that PCOS could be worsening my anxiety or perhaps the cause of it was extremely validating. Having hormonal imbalances and what that does to your body isn't really a subject that is easy to find on an uh, information on, and specifically PCOS, because it's a condition that affects people assigned female at birth, so that means there's even less information about it. I agree. I feel less scared about the future living with PCOS. It feels manageable now. I am so glad to read that because that is exactly what I'm hoping that anyone who goes through PCOS Power connects with, having a place to connect with others, going through the same thing, and finding tools that work for you that give your voice power. So again, if you're interested, go to juliedillonrd.com, get the PCOS roadmap and it will get you on the wait list to be the first to know whenever it is ready for you. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back, my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a 3-in-1 capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's daily women's microbiome defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off.
0: I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at Current.Tech.
2: All right, let's get with the episode and hear from Colleen Fremner.
3: Dear Diet Culture, over the course of the last three years, since I started listening to Julie's podcast, I have sat down to write this letter so many times, questioning, will I write to food, to doctors, to exercise, to family, to friends? Every single time I sat down, I thought, why is my story the one to share? How does my story differ from anyone else's? But when Julie asked you personally to share your letter, it felt like the right time to finally go for it. So take a deep breath with me, grab a warm beverage, and let's go through this journey together. My experience with diet culture started when I was a kid watching someone close to me suck down their slim fast shakes and begging them for my very own. I am sure it started before that with movies and television, seeing magazines and the checkout line. But I think with that slim fast shake, I think that's the first time I recognized I was actively trying to shrink my body. No matter how many times I was told I was unique or special and it's good to stand out, our culture shared a different message. It's better when you fit in, when you look like everyone else, when you don't upset the status quo. These beauty standards are impossible to keep up with. Look at how people have changed decade to decade. These standards keep the same people in positions of power and the marginalized groups exactly where they belong, below people in power. This all led me on a tumultuous journey with food and dieting. When I turned 16, I found out a friend in my high school choir was on a weight loss drug she had been using for a year, and I could tell. I complimented her on how fabulous she looked and asked her what she did. I recognized boys noticing her and people flocking to tell her how incredible her transformation was. I promptly went home and asked my mom to take me to the doctor to go on the same drug. Naturally, the doctor agreed because I was, in their eyes, the O-word. I was on that drug for about two years, and while one side effect was weight loss, the doctor didn't mention I would have cotton mouth, heart palpitations, be thirsty all the time, not be able to sleep, and have crippling anxiety. But when society reinforces the thin beauty ideal and you, diet culture, are on a rampage, All those side effects seemed to be worth it, until they weren't. Fast forward 12 years later, through countless diets and eating disorder, disordered eating, to therapy, self-help books, discovering intuitive eating, going on one more diet, trying one more weight loss drug, realizing I had friends who wanted to live an anti-diet life, to now. The thing no one really shared with me about diet culture is how messy and nuanced you are. How no matter how long you have told yourself you no longer want to diet or feel the need to, there will always be this pull in the back of your mind saying, come on, just give it one more go. With time, I have felt that voice start to get smaller and quieter as the support of my fat friends and allies has grown around me to push back against the dieting norm. It still totally sucks that it's there and it likely won't ever go away completely. It sucks that every time I'm around certain family members or friends, they are constantly talking about losing weight, about what they are eating and why, about how much they exercise and why, about their latest diet. It's honestly exhausting. And to feel sometimes like I'm the only person on the planet pushing back, saying to anyone who will listen, you realize diet culture is rooted in racism, that fat phobia discriminates against people you love, that when you speak like this, you hurt people you love, that all of it is total and complete bullshit, not based in science or fact but really sleazy marketing tactics, and it's so harmful to everyone. I can't even go to the vet without the veterinarian fat-shaming my cat, saying, oh, it looks like he's getting too big, better not feed him as much. No matter how many times I share this message, set boundaries for myself, stand up, sit down, speak out, walk away, diet culture, you remain the constant parasite of my life. I can't be rid of. So the purpose of this letter to diet culture is to share just that. This is messy and nuanced. It's not going to be all packaged up, tied with a pretty bow. When I decided to close the door on dieting, I opened a door to facing the challenges that come with that decision. I don't regret my choice. I am so happy my life isn't dictated by my food choices and exercise habits anymore. But I also grieve the comfort, control, and even relationship building dieting brought with it. So if you're listening to my letter to Diet Culture Now and you feel similarly, I just want you to know you're not alone. You can totally find your food voice and the journey you're on while incredibly challenging is so worth it. Signed, your fat companion, Colleen.
2: Hello, are we recording? We are. Hey Colleen. Hey. Nice to see you. Hey, Julie. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast.
3: I cannot believe I'm on this podcast right now. I, If you had told me when I started listening to your podcast ages ago that
2: I would be sitting here with you, I would laugh. But here I am. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I've known you now since, what, June of 21. So, like, you are going to fit right in. And, like, it'll be like you've always been here. Aww. So... But yeah, I'm so glad that you're joining us. And I can't wait for listeners to get to know you because you've been like a wonderful asset to the team. You and Yelly both have been so wonderful, and I'm excited for them to get to know you. And your letter, I know, like as we were talking about this like option of like you and Yelly coming on the show, I'm like, would you be willing to write a letter? <laughs> and you were like, you know, I've tried to like start it and stop so many times. And um I was so curious about that. I'm like, what? what made it so hard to you know, what made that like a challenge so to, to sit down and write the letter
3: yeah such a great question mm-hmm. and I think my first thought was I just don't want to hurt anybody's feelings <laughs> I think mm-hmm. diet culture is one of those tricky things. And with family and friends, especially because I'm so close to them, I was so worried that if I mention anything about the way I was brought up around diet culture, or it might hurt someone's feelings, but really it, it's pretty normal. Like the way that we grow up in this society, I, I mean, at least in the generation that I did, diet culture is just rampant. And I'm hoping that that piece of it dies with me (laughs) and uh, in my future parenting. But I think that's what made it really hard. I just really didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings.
2: Yeah. Like there's like a ripple effect to all this diet culture stuff. And I guess then also by like turning your back to diet culture or trying to like also has a ripple effect. So like it's going to maybe possibly hurt other people in the process. Is that what
3: you're you're saying? Absolutely. And I think that's, I mentioned that in my letter as well, but just the challenge of now setting boundaries and saying this is not something that's up for discussion anymore with me or this is something that I really can't get behind when they start telling me about their latest and greatest trend. It's just, it's it's also difficult and challenging because it's like you close a piece of your relationship with some of those people so that you can open more of a relationship with yourself.
2: hmm yeah. And, you know, that's something that really highlights the importance of doing this work and really putting the energy and the anger, all that umph on diet culture yeah, and not the dieter, yes. you know, like, and I, and I, depending on where a listener is on their like journey, they may find that like that's just like too much right now to ask for. And you know, that makes sense. And for a lot of people, as they come along, that's kind of what um, ends up happening is like, there's a sense of compassion for people who are still in it. And also really hating on diet culture, not the people and just
3: wanting everyone to be on board with where you are maybe in your own journey, just hoping that at some point in their lives that the veil is taken off and they see it too. But that doesn't always happen and And coming to terms with that can be tricky,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um I have a question that I have for you that I won't I'll, I'll wait to ask it because I think it's like more appropriate later, but that that whole veil lifting <laughs> this is a really interesting. But, you know, something about your letter that you talked about that I thought was I don't I just I was really impressed that as a kid, you could name this. But then also, I think it's something that a lot of times people kind of feel, but they may not be able to name is that like being told, Hey, you're great and special. Like, like every child is, but then also getting this, like, but you need to fix something like how, like, tell me about that part. Like, how did you notice that disconnect or like, do you remember that, what that was like for
3: you? I think I remember my parents did a great job of always you know, setting out like you can do anything you put your mind to and and you are unique and it is it's you're so special and, and different than everybody else. And then being at school and seeing people in a certain body type or a certain way receive more attention or more compassion maybe from teachers and educators and just seeing that and being like well I get my parents are telling me one thing that I'm you know super awesome the way that I am and then I I get in these other situations where that definitely doesn't feel like the case and even some of my parents friends making comments about my body or saying things and not with my parents around because I do think my parents would have said something <laughs> um, just you know having that happen and realizing like, okay, well, yeah, I am different. Something about my body must not be correct because people wouldn't be treating me this way.
2: If, if that were the case. Mm-hmm. That's a lot for a kid to hold on to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would imagine, especially someone who's young, like, uh, we don't really have words to like name feelings a lot of time, but also like feeling these two different things that are like pulling against each other. And how complicated they are. Um, it's really normal, and natural then to like, okay, let me fix myself. Like, yeah. And when you look up let let to people, I mean, even yeah. not
3: just my peers, but when you look up to parents, parents, friends, teachers, doctors. Even when you're younger, you think, oh, these are the people that have all the answers. So you're you inherently trust them, and to to be told you know, even at those middle school, high school years that, well, actually you need to make yourself smaller. It's, it's definitely something that I think a a lot of folks go through and maybe some of our listeners have that
2: similar experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something about your high school years was really, it seemed like pivotal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't it for everyone? Yeah, well, I mean that's true. I didn't, I, I didn't word that very, very well because yeah, um, I have a middle schooler right now, and oh, I'm like, oh, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to go back to that. But (laughs) also, um, you know, your relationship with food was complicated, and I think you know, dieting is always dangerous. But there was something about witnessing a friend um, in your choir go through all that weight change that seemed like when it pivoted to be dangerous. Yeah, totally. And like all or nothing, like I'm going to do this. Yep. And you are like someone that like, when you say you're going to do something, Colleen, I already know you're going to do it. Like (laughs) You're not someone who's like flighty or flaky. You're like, I'm going to do it if I say I'm going to do it. And so what was that like for you to like see someone get all those accolades for getting a prized body. Oh, that put me
3: in the depths of my eating disorder and disordered eatings for sure. Um, I think really seeing just the attention and, and attention from peers, attention from teachers, beloved teachers, um, you know, attention from boys, I think was, was another one. I just being an Enneagram too. I, you know, I talk about the Enneagram all the time. I, I need to feel like I'm worthy and worthy of love. And so to see all of that, I think, connected to that piece of me. And I was like, oh, if I do this too, then I also am going to be worthy of all of this attention and worthy of, of the same type of love. And that will feel so good. And it did for a minute until it didn't anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I love the anagram too. And like as a four, meaning is everything. You <laughs> know? So like hearing how that experience connected to like your self-worth and like the cellular level, cellular? Yeah, there you go. Cellular level, like down deep, you know, it really was like, oh, here's the script. This is what I do. Yeah. And then people will love me. Um, and I have a feeling there's a lot of people who can relate to like how your story. Um, moved through and like the the journey you went on. And um, I don't know if you've ever, you've never said this to me, Colleen, but I don't know if you ever said this like as you're like trying to repair your relationship with food, but sometimes people will be like, oh my gosh, why can't I just like get done with it? Like, why am I not better? Why is this taking so long? And the way you describe all the layers to this, I hope it helps to paint a picture of like why it does take time yeah. and why it's like kind of Gonna always be messy, like you said. It's not gonna be in this box with like a pretty bow because we're still in like the washing machine of my culture, yes. like, we're still in it. And I don't cycle know, cycle like, setting it's not a chaos, like, <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, like I don't know if that's something that you ever went through, but it's definitely something that I know listeners talk about. It's like when the fuck am I just going to be done with this? I
3: think tying it back into worth and being worthy. uh, I think we want to, to be the ones to, you know, initiate that. And we want to be the ones to, to get that for those of us that have that same core fear. Um, And so I think that, you know, diet culture teaches you when you are in a diet that you have rules to follow and you have to be strict on those rules. And because, I am a, a go-getter and a doer. I moving into food freedom and moving into um intuitive eating, I was like, perfect. Another intuitive eating, another rule that I can follow, another thing that I can jump on board with, which it's not it's not really how it works. <laughs> and 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 recognizing that, no, this is really actually it's a roller coaster ride. Like Every single day is different and like I said that tiny voice in the back of my mind is definitely still there. It's getting quieter, but it's it's not I don't think ever going
2: to go away, which is it's a major bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like if more and more of us can come together to reject diet culture, we can we can fix it and maybe you and I won't see it in our lifetime, yeah. but yeah, maybe we can see it maybe for our future generations, it'll be a reality. Um, But you mentioned something about intuitive eating that I think is so interesting. And um, sometimes people are listening, like you were maybe a few years ago, or like newer to intuitive eating. And they will often like find themselves like feeling calmer with intuitive eating because it's, yeah, it's like a script again. (laughs) And of course there's like this like excitement, But then as that honeymoon kind of wears away of like, oh, wait, like, I, this is really not the same kind of like a safety net. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it may be some guardrails or something, but there's going to be some free fall. Um, And really that, that fear or that not necessarily a fear, but like that scary kind of experience is like where I would see people making those big steps that they need to take, whatever that is. And sometimes intuitive eating they outgrow for that reason they need to take some different steps that are just not within that but um i'm so appreciative for intuitive eating for that reason it's like a really nice like bridge yes. over to like m- just make your head gently look yes <laughs> to something else instead of like totally zoned in on a diet culture and um that reminds me about like somehow in your life you like, collided with, like, anti-diet friends. I'm like, maybe collided isn't the right way to say that. like, how the hell did that happen? How did you connect with that? Because that is really, like, that was a life change for you. Like, that made you look in another direction and consider the possibilities, right? I could describe
3: what my heart felt like when I realized that I wasn't alone. It was like my fat body frolicking in a field of sunflowers with my arms flailing, just running to all of my like newfound fat friends.
2: And- Wait, can it be in a field of like really pretty wildflowers and like, I don't know, the golden hour light? Yes. Okay. that's, That's it. Like the
3: picture that I have painted, that's what it felt like. It was like this- Lightness opened up in my heart and I was like, oh my Aww. gosh, there is a whole nother world out here of mm-hmm. people doing this work that I didn't even know existed. So it started with Call Your Girlfriend, the podcast. Oh, yes. And yes. it started with uh She's All Fat Guess on Call Your Girlfriend. That was like really the crux of it. So it's it's so kismet that I'm like on a podcast now, because this is where my like body mm-hmm. acceptance journey started really. And it's like all coming full circle. It's very cool. Um, and I just think I love it. that realizing, okay, wait, there are people, there are other people out here doing this work that put me in like mm-hmm. a deep nose dive into what, like different things they were talking about, intuitive eating, body acceptance, body neutrality, moving away from body positivity. I was like, what? I thought body positivity was a good thing, like (laughs) figuring out all of these different ideas. And then I started talking about it because we all have a circle of influence. And I realized one of my best friends was like, yeah, I'm like really on board with what you're saying. Like this makes perfect sense. And I, I was like, whoa. So then, you know, we reached, I, I was on Facebook at the time. I'm not on Facebook anymore, but um, there was this group of she's all fat Patreons that had a Facebook page. So I joined their Patreon and then found like all of these incredible people and have since just made through Instagram. I mean, social media, I think can be used for evil, but dang, it can be used for good too. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I didn't know it transpired in that way. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so, so wonderful. Yeah. That's podcasts have been a really um, I really wish I would have had podcasts when I was starting out as a dietitian because that was something that like the first three years, um, knowing that I didn't want to teach people how to diet, but thinking that was the only way that I could work. Um, And then I went to a conference and Evelyn Tripoli was there, one of the co-authors of Intuitive Eating. And hearing her speak, I was like, oh, there's like a whole group. (laughs) There's like a club (laughs) of people like me. There's a place for me. That's nice. Yeah. And so um, I'm super grateful, obviously, for a podcast because that's the way that I like connecting and um, learning as well. So I didn't know that's how you connected with the anti-diet like friends and um, and also then speaking up with people in real life. Like that must have, I don't know. I would assume that felt like kind of like a risk to like even bring it up. I think that's when
3: it's one of those times when you gauge like, okay, how much do I trust this person? Like it was one of my best friends. And the friend that actually got me into your podcast, Rachel. So I think just going, you know, into... I trust this person, this person trusts me. This feels like a risk I'm willing to take. And I think with some people, we don't feel that way. So we don't mm-hmm. we don't take those risks and that's also okay.
2: Yeah. I I do with every relationship try to decide when is the best time to share with them to read uh, Fearing the Black Body. Mm-hmm. Like, is is it time yet? Like, I just texted it to someone this morning. I was like, hey, in case you ever want to borrow it. She was like, yes. <laughs> yes. I do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just like, when can we do that? Because it's it's a risk, but also, oh, so important. Yes. Um. Well, you know, hearing about your experience like alone, then also with other people, it sounds like, of course, like, being with other people who are doing the same anti-diet work it sounds like it makes it a little bit more doable still hard but more doable um but what's the hardest part right now for you with your relationship with food body diet culture like what do you think is like the hardest part
3: oh gosh what a great question i think just knowing that my body probably will never look like it did back in my like eating disorder disorder eating days and and coming to terms with that and not I don't know that I'm I've even accepted it but acknowledging that I think is part of the work that I'm doing and I think that's important too for listeners that when you start to take the steps in this direction or you start to look at intuitive eating, Sometimes the work is just acknowledging that it's there and recognizing that it's there and not necessarily trying to do anything about it, but more (laughs) collecting information, which can also feel really frustrating, too, because as doers, we want to do something about it. But (laughs) that's not always the steps I think that we need to take. So I think for now, that's one of my biggest challenges is just recognizing my body is in this shape now. I I have come to accept and love my body how it is, but it's, it, tomorrow I might feel really upset that it's never gonna look the way that it did uh, before. And I think just being okay with that and, or working to be okay with that or acknowledging it, I think those are all excellent
2: steps. Yes, yes. And like, those are active steps. Those are not like doing nothing. Like doing nothing is something, right? Like it's like, it's, if you are not, um, if you're not like actively saying, I'm a, I see it there. Like that in itself is, is a lot of work is because what I'm trying to say. Like, and I say that because yeah, a lot of people in that spot just feel like they're giving up or being passive. And I'm like, Acknowledging diet culture in your life and no noticing it and naming it, even when it doesn't feel like you're doing anything different, is still really, really big. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a really big thing. And you're gonna be exhausted. Yeah. So take care of yourself. So take care of yourself, Colleen. You're really important to this team of like fighting against diet culture. And thank you so much for sharing your experience with listeners and letting them get to know you. Is there anything that you want to say before we sign off?
3: I am just so excited to be on this journey and to join the podcast. And thank you for allowing me the space to introduce myself to all of your listeners. And if you want to connect with me, please feel free to do that. I'm on Instagram at Abroad Abroad, and that will probably be in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll make sure it great. is. <laughs>
2: Have a great one. You too. Bye. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Colleen Brebner. And thank you so much, Colleen, for submitting a letter and discussing it live with us and um, sharing your lived experience. And this way of sharing letters, you know, this... This new kind of switch with the podcast from love food to find your food voice. A part of it is having segments with listeners just like you who have a lived experience that feels really complicated with food and your body. Um, Colleen, and then an episode in episode 273 with Yelly Cruz, those are the segments that we are calling real life where listeners just like you submit letters and then jump on a call with me where we can sift through them. If you are interested in doing this, um, we would be so happy. We would love, love, love this. And just shoot us an email at info at juliedillonrd.com. Again, it's info at juliedillonrd.com. You can also submit your Dear Food letters there um, or any kind of feedback or questions that you may have about the show. All right, so I see that food is written back, but before we get to food's letter, this episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast was brought to you by my PCOS Power course that is coming in March. I'm so excited! If you would like to get on the wait list, just jump on over to juliedillonrd.com and get my free download. It's called a PCOS Roadmap. It's going to give you some things to start on before we release PCOS power to help you reject diet diet culture and also find a new way to feel at home in your body while living with PCOS. So again, go to juliedillonrd.com to get on the waitlist. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast, we always love, love, love rating, reviews, um, subscribing, sharing an episode. Doing any of those acts of kindness really does help the show grow. It's amazing to see when more people leave a rating and review or share episodes on their Instagram or something like that, how it actually helps more people find the show when they're looking for one to help with their complicated relationship with food. So if you haven't already, I would love it if you did that. And thank you so much in advance. All right, enough of all that. Like I said, we have a letter back and it's not from food, but I will leave you waiting just for another few seconds to find out who it's from. But until next time, take care. Dear Fat Companion Colleen, We appreciate you sent this to Diet Culture. Yet we, anti-diet culture, have intercepted it. While your work to heal and reject diet culture may not be packaged pretty, it is working. Each time you intercept diet culture messages or challenge food rules, you are moving forward. And with that, more move forward with you. We appreciate this doesn't always provide instant feedback of its success, We hear your loneliness and fatigue, burdening your lived experiences. Continue to lean on others doing the same work. Seek out others further along. Let yourself be mentored and taken care of on this journey. Diet culture has violently assaulted you and your relationship with food and your body. This is not okay. Leaning on others as you mend and tend to this will strengthen your voice to help those coming in behind you. And they need to hear your voice. We can't fight diet culture without it. The more you sit in your power, uniqueness, loveliness, the more you affirm how precious you are, the weaker diet culture becomes. Thank you for adding your voice to the movement. It is stronger with you in it. Love, anti-diet culture. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the food voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed, And Colleen Bremner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at juliedaffydillon.com where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care.